Congratulations, you found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. Alyssa Mann, the queen of romance. And special guest, Kayla Saxon, the queen of new releases. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time. They are three book girls. So, Alyssa, we're in the car going to Starbucks. I should tell you about this remote first because it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this place called Poke Loco. And Poke evidently is a Hawaiian cuisine that's becoming mm-hmm. very popular in the U.S. And it's like a marinated raw fish with all kinds of other good stuff in it. Yeah. Like you guys were talking about last week. Or was it the week before? I think it was the week before. Yeah. And they do fusion tacos. Ooh. Yep. And I did this, I did my whole shift there today, West in Northwest OKC, and I really, really love it. What's it called again? Poke Loco. That's how you know it's fusion. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it was really, really good, and I had the most incredible chicken curry taco. Hello. Ooh. My tail wagged the entire time I was there. It was so good. That sounds good. And the guy, John, who's the owner, is so nice. He's a reader, so we had plenty to talk about. Anyway, so I brought Vani a present back from Poke Loco. Mm -hmm. I bought her a Poke Bowl, and it had um, some spicy tuna and those little fish eggs you guys were talking about all sprinkled it up in there. Or something like that. So she had all that going on. And she hadn't, didn't have anything to eat all day. So she was scarfing that baby down on our way to Starbucks. So we get to the Starbucks line and we're going through and all of a sudden, Vonnie burps. <laughs> that was a belch. It was a belch. I mean, I could have said my ABC. And then, <laughs> and I said, gross, you know, just messing around. And then she goes, <laughs> <laughs> right at me. I had to. Friends, I had to lean my head out my window to freaking vomit. Because you know, I have an issue with that kind of thing. The smell of fish and, and such. Bonnie, did you get the weird juniper coffee again? No, I didn't. Now this is a caramel macchiato. With two. So I got some caramel tuna fish going on in the back Jesus of my mouth Christ. right now. At least you guys are on opposite sides over there. So we were talking about the different bad smelling burps. <laughs> is tuna the worst? I think that particular no. burp was was pretty nasty. What is but the worst? No, I think there is one time that I ate a giant size Slim Jim and a Diet Pepsi <laughs> on my way to a friend's house because I hadn't eaten all day, and I got there and I kind of burped, and I I even tried to like make it like you know more like subtle, where you kind of turn your head a little bit and you do it with your mouth closed. And then I open my mouth and the smell hits me. And I'm like, oh my God. You can't even walk away from that. Broccoli's pretty bad too, though. Well, broccoli is bad. Raw broccoli burps yeah. are pretty bad. I mean, there was gases. You could see them. They were pretty <laughs> out of my mouth. You can see them. Yeah, some burp would be bad. Oh my God. But I still love them. Well, like those little turkey sausage things that I eat all the time oh that God, smell those are horrible. Awful. What is that? It's like they're like dog food. It's like turkey summer sausage, <gasps> and they're like little. They're good. They're they look like little good, smokies. They smell horrible. I like little smokies. Oh, it's gross. <clears throat> Seriously gross. Do you like summer sausage? I, I like summer sausage. I don't know. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. So here, here, I have to, I have to tell you this. I other tell story. generally a guy on the inside. <laughs> I can tell you this other story that happened to that happened two days ago. So I come in right after the morning show, and this is a fairly tiny room, closed off, has no real ventilation in here. Smells get trapped in here, don't yeah, they, they, Martha? Do. Oh, yes, they do. So, <laughs> so usually what happens is they leave the building at ten a.m. They're gone. Mm-hmm. Okay, but. In, on this particular day, they were sort of hovering over in the producer studio, which is across the hall. And I got all settled in here and I was felt a little gassy, so I let a good one go. And Joey sticks his head back in the door and goes, Hey, do you mind if we hop back in here and do a spot real quick? So here I am. I mean, where in the fuck am I gonna go? So I reach over and I grab the Lysol and I just start 
said, <laughs> and I look at him and I, I just perfectly straight face say, sorry, I farted. <laughs> he goes, that's cool. And he walks out. So then, so then he and Heather and they, so they all come back in here, right? Mm-hmm. So Heather goes, it's, it smells like Lysol in here. Joey, did you spray Lysol? In, did Martha spray Lysol in here? He, she, he goes, yeah, she farted. <laughs> so, so as I'm walking back up the hallway, Heather goes, you did not. <laughs> Joey said you farted in here. You told him that you did. And I said, I did. And her face, <laughs> the look at her face was so funny. Oh, my God. Like, I can't believe you admitted that. I mean, what else am I going to tell? Can you tell that we're the mother of boys? Because, I mean, that's what you do when you're a mother of boys to, like, connect. You, like, <laughs> fart at each other and sure. and blow in each other's faces. <laughs> you know, you're a mother yeah, of boys. It's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. have an experience, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, yeah. So that was that was this week. It was a week of week of, of bodily gas. function, gassy smells. <laughs> K- Kayla is kind of regretting her decision to come and fill in tonight. I think my head's starting to hurt. <laughs> she had to leave her boys at home, but who knew she was going to find some more up here? Hey, I'm a lady. I'm wearing a dress that goes to my ankles today. Alyssa is wearing a dress. She's the only one. <laughs> to be fair, I always wear a dress. You do. You I mean, Alyssa's probably the more the more girly of the bunch of us. Yeah, I would yeah. have that's to say that's probably accurate. Probably right. true. I'm pretty girly. Because, you know, when I'm at home by myself eating barbecue and I drip it on my chest, I just do this. Oh, I mean, same. That's what you do <laughs> when you have chip. boobs. You're just like, well, you just pick up the shit, shit and suck it off. <laughs> It's all right. It catches everything. Yeah. Everything. Like I mean, you just take your bra off and you're like, what crumbs are those? Yeah. <laughs> what crumbs are those? <laughs> Kayla and I Vani totally knows. don't get this. Yes. No. Vani, you're I just have like, that problem. I didn't even drop anything I mean, today. There was a thing on Facebook one time that it showed goes to a girl my legs. looking down her shirt and, he says, and she says, there's where my cookie went. <laughs> I have totally seriously yes. done that for real. Found like a quarter of a cookie like inside my bra yeah. and I didn't find it until and you I can't took it feel off. it because your boobs are so big there's just like no feeling as I sit here and Kayla's feeling your yeah, yeah. over here <laughs> like, I wish I had a cookie in there <laughs> I, want, I mean I you don't is there a cookie yeah. in there <laughs> I mean I don't suggest having large boobs because it's early back pain <laughs> I still envy them sometimes though girls so if you ever catch me staring it's just because they're magnificent thank you thank <sighs> you they are my greatest asset big Kayla asses. What's your greatest asset? My ass. Martha? There you go. I don't know. I have a nice back. You Ooh, have a nice that's back. a good thing. I have a great yeah. back. Like, if I were to wear a backless shirt, y'all would be drooling right now. I mean, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you wore that one that opened in the back. and that's a, Yeah, I got a nice back. See, if, even if I had a nice back because of my boobs, I have to wear, like, bras that have, like, five claps on them. That really ruins the effect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could probably go braless. It's like armor. It matter. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. You can't go backless because you can't find a bra that's going to go low enough and have. I mean, if it goes that low, it's not doing anything. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it's it's time to fire your bra. It's not doing what it's supposed to. I mean, you see those ones that like comes up from the waist and like you know is a bra just in the front. I mean, I just kind of laugh at those because I'm like, that's not doing anything. "Hmm." I have a strapless bra. I don't think I've worn one in like two years. One of those, I would twist and it would not. No, that's exactly what happens because it's got that like sticky stuff in it so that it sticks to your skin so it doesn't fall down. But then if you take it fast, if you take a turn fast, it just, it just rips off like a band-aid. Kale's just looking at us like, what the fuck is happening to you people? Yeah, put your eye out. <laughs> Good one. Okay, now that we're done talking about burps, burps, boobs, and farts, <laughs> burps and boobs. I can't even say that. I want it, in my head. It's boops, boops, boops burps, and barks. <laughs> you just call it boofs. Combine boops. all of it, boofs. Now that we're talk, done talking about okay, boops. in future those those three words together will henceforth be, be boofs. I love it. Okay, boops. I want to give a shout out to Scott who sent us an email after we had kind of ragged on 40 to 60 year old men last week we didn't rag 
Alyssa. I'm sorry. Oh, I just Alyssa said did. that that's who I work with, and <clears throat> they're maybe not our demographic. But you were mistaken. But I was wrong. Because remember I said, maybe we should hear from some of those men. And Scott <gasps> took up the call. Email. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and he loves our podcast, and he said there is nothing wrong with 40 to 60-year-old men. So, Scott, there is nothing wrong with you. There Thank is you not, for Scott. We love you. Thank yes. you. Do you have any single brothers? <laughs> Bonnie needs somebody who's into World War II. <laughs> she gets all <laughs> hot and sweaty. <laughs> and she's single. Talk more to me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, in case you're wondering, Nicole is not with us tonight because she has some medical issues. I think Kayla and Nicole have have in, in advance talked to each other and decided to, to switch weekends or something. Because <laughs> last week it was Kayla that wasn't feeling good. And now Nicole is not feeling good. Mm-hmm. So send your love to Nicole this week. She needs a little rest and relaxation. Also thoughts and prayers for her laptop. Yes, her laptop is jacked and she is Still? pissed. Yes. Still? She's having major issues with her laptop. Did she get it back from the place that was supposed to fix it? I'll let her give you the whole saga when she comes back because it is super complicated. Okay. So anyway, the whole Christmas sweater debacle took place on Thursday. Now, if you knew how competitive I tend to be, which I think you probably have a pretty good clue, (laughs) (laughs) I participate in the ugly Christmas sweater competition every year for Cumulus Media OKC. And every year I get hosed. So the first year I took... I work for Kiss FM. The first year I took and I shut up. <laughs> and I pinned, I pinned chocolate, white chocolate kisses all over my shirt. I helped you do that. Vonnie helped me do it. The only bad How thing is, do that? it was very time consuming. Yeah. With safety and, pins. And, with I, those little safety and I, pins. And I put little words on, the, on there that said Merry Christmas across the top. It's a lot of work. Man. Not even a freaking blip. On the radar because it's always done by applause and everyone here hates Which me. Which is so. bullshit. <laughs> they hate me. I'm telling you, I am not a well liked individual. So the second year I enter the competition, I go big, and I'm going to put this picture she, she on really twi- means Twitter, big. and I mean big, <laughs> because we were just talking about boobs. I took a sweater and put the most enormous Christmas balls, half <laughs> half balls, over my breasts. <laughs> sparkly, big-ass Christmas balls on my boobs. And that was my Christmas sweater with a few extra little touches here and there. Not even on the radar. A lot of people felt me up that night at the Christmas party, but (laughs) I did not win the competition. So last year I said, oh, fuck it. I'm just buying a Christmas sweater. So I bought a Christmas sweater and I still did not win. Although I did get second place. Did you really? I did. I got second place last year. Oh, last year. Oh, okay. Last year. Oh, okay. I the thought one you meant said, this year. The one that said, well, I'm Santa's favorite and oh, had all the that, stuff in it. But the anyway. one with the big boobs? No, 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 no. The big boobs didn't even get on the radar. Oh. That's what I'm saying. The ones <laughs> where I put in the most effort got nothing. Uh-huh. So this year I thought, okay, I'm going to get this other sweater. So I got it thinking, man, that's hideous. Vani and I even went back to the place where I originally saw that sweater and bought it. Nothing. Nothing. Crickets. The dude that won was wearing a fucking t-shirt bullshit instead of a sweater and the fact that he even made the slightest effort evidently means he can fucking win so there we go my rant's done now but anyway um nicole wasn't feeling very well so she didn't wear her sweater did travis though travis did not wear his sweater either travis i know it was a bummer so um well you know it's hard when you when you're sick yeah she was sick she really was sick Mm -hmm. genuinely not well so she is going to be um modeling her sweater with pictures that we will put up, and we'll put, put pictures of my sweater up, and then you guys can decide which one of us has the uglier sweater. We know Friday the 21st is National Ugly Sweater Day. So Ooh. we'll put it up on that so day. you should have her take the pictures, and you guys can put them up on National Ugly Sweater Day. Good call, Bonnie. Although we did have a tweet, and somebody can't wait to see your ugly sweater contest. Well, we're gonna, you're getting it. You're going to get that sweater. All right. I think we're done being stupid or silly or both. Are we? For the the moment. (laughs) Are we really? Because I'm thinking that (laughs) never No, we're never, ever, ever done. We're never, ever done. No, Martha's going to have a lot to say about my book today. Uh, I can feel it. I feel it in my bones. I can't wait. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) I can't wait, Alyssa. I'm anxious. Neither can I because it's so much fun. (laughs) I'm 
I totally, love giving you shit. I'm totally <laughs> so excited to hear about your book. Shall we get after some books? Yes. Okay, okay. Emily France is the one who emailed us and asked us to read this book. This book is not set to be released until April of 2019, I believe. But she wanted us to read it and possibly write a blurb for the back of her book. Well, fancy. Yeah. And it's about family secrets, basically. Um, It starts out that Emerson, who is like one of the sisters in this family, comes back home after a very long time, like years and years and years. And they're not really sure why she's coming back. And she, when she comes back, she shows up with this 10-year-old little girl. Who they don't know Damn. So where she's, this little girl even came from. So she's from. estranged Ooh. from her family? Or she just... She kind of talks to him, but she lives in a different state. Oh, she lives like okay. in... Um, but the, she brings this random child with her? She brings this random child with her. And that no, she nobody knows that she's coming with this child. What basically happened, which they tell pretty early in the book, is that Michael, which is Emerson's son, who's about 30, and he works on a fishing boat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of liking the sun and he brought this little girl to his mom to kind of watch and take care of because this little girl's mom had tried to commit suicide michael was friends with the mother so and he would go visit him when the fishing boat came into dock and bring her presents and stuff like that and basically that's all you know about this little girl at first and you know, she, I can't remember what her name is now. I'm terrible. But she's thrown into this very white family, and she is Native American, Alaska Native American. So I don't know if she's, I don't know what tribe she's from. The little girl talks a little bit about that. So you have this family who hasn't really spent a lot of time together in years and years and years with this little girl who everybody's a little shocked that Emerson showed up with. And Emerson is not a very warm person. Is Emerson a boy or a girl? Emerson is a girl. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. And um, so she's very standoffish, very into her work, very straightforward, no nonsense. She's kind of like crusty on the outside. Maybe so not the kind of person that would normally do something <clears throat> like that. Exactly. Okay. So everybody's a little shocked that she shows up with this baby or not this baby, but this little girl. Because a little girl's 10. And then as the story goes on, you kind of find out more about this family. And Emerson's husband has committed suicide a very, very long time. I'm like talking like 15 years ago, committed suicide. So then you kind of understand why Emerson might be kind of taking care of this little girl. Because, you know, she feels a little bit of a connection since her mom tried to commit suicide. Hmm. But then there's, you know that there's more to this story. There's things that are being covered up. And as the story unfolds, you find out more and more secrets that are going on in this family. And it's really interesting. And the developments that occur because of the secrets that had been kept in the closet for so long and nobody knew about makes it for a very interesting book. But um, there's uh, Emerson is the older sister. There's Tilly, who's the younger sister. And Tilly was in an accident when she was 17 and lost both her legs. Cool. Damn. Depressing. And, what is it? Well, all these depressing <laughs> people. Well, she's, God. you know, she's come to peace with it. And she's, you know, even drive. She has a car that she, you know, has hand controls and everything. And you kind of, hear a lot about Tilly's story too about the accident and Emerson was actually driving the car when they got into the accident that Oof. caused Tilly to lose her legs. This is a lot. It it comes to find out that what Tilly thought she knew about the accident she actually did not. Ooh. And there was more variables that took place causing the accident that don't even come to light until this time. And we're talking... Tilly's like, I want to say she's like 40, 40 ish, 45. I mean, she's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. full Your grown, but like, you know, about our age, mine and Martha's, not you youngins over there. 
<clears throat> and not a 40 to 60 year old man, but we'll take those too. <laughs> and um, she and everything just now coming to light about this accident that she never knew. And about people that might have helped cause the accident that nobody ever knew about. Oh, whoa. Doesn't that make it not mm-hmm. an accident? It's getting deeper and deeper. Exactly. And also, another very interesting character in this book is a gentleman named Henry who lives next door to this family. And he is very involved with this family. Is he hot? And he was very, he's um, kind of a ladies' man. He's kind of the one that all of them. The bored, rich, married wives go to. Is he 40 to 60 years old? <laughs> uh, he could we're, be. We're never living that. <laughs> never, never. <laughs> but you kind of get the sense that Henry was, quote unquote, involved in Emerson and Will's marriage somehow mm. before well committed suicide. Spicy. So you get that feeling very early in the book that, and it kind of keeps you reading because you're kind of like, okay, I need to know how Henry's involved with this. It's kind of a hard book to describe and it, it builds a lot before something big happens in the book. I mean, I was about, I, I read this on the Kindle, so I was 60% done with the book before my first holy shit moment in the book. So it's a slow burn. It is a slow burn, but the um, author does a very good job with making you feel how you're supposed to feel through the book. And it's told through all of the family's perspectives. They'll do a little bit from Emerson's um, point of view, a little bit from Tilly's point of view, a little bit from the mom's point of view, a little bit from Henry's point of view, a little bit from the little girl's point of view. But the story keeps moving forward even though it's in everybody's point of view, if that makes sense. A good buildup. Right. Hmm. So it was it was a good book. It was very good. And it's coming out in April? In April of 2019. I think a lot of people will enjoy this book. Um, I wish that they would have, something more interesting would have happened at the beginning of the book to keep you reading. Mm. That's probably my only problem with the book was that it took so long for your first oh shit moment Mm. and something that's only mentioned at the beginning part of the book has a whole lot to do with the plot line in the middle of the book oh so you can't skip anything because you're gonna miss exactly so don't speed read pay attention to details (laughs) because this is one unlike Stephen King's novels that sometimes there's some crap that he talks about that has no bearing on the story whatsoever hey don't just the king <laughs> i'm oh, sorry he's, steven he's a very good writer i shouldn't say that i, I mean steven i couldn't do it we love you we're sorry <laughs> pay attention to details when you read this book because they come into play later Ooh. but it was good and it was called the gifts we keep by katie grindland all right kayla i'm going to do a historical fiction tonight woo, woo. i literally chose this book right before bonnie finished Um, I'm doing Josephine Baker's Last Dance by Sherry Jones. I actually had had a galley copy a few months ago, but I just finished it today. Oh. And it came out, I think, the first week of December. It's just a historical fiction on the life of Josephine Baker. Who's Josephine Baker? She was an African-American dancer, but she was more known in Paris. Like a cabaret and um, um, not quite exotic, but she did dance in the near nude. Uh, and she was so one of the first like... African-American women to do that. Cool. Gotcha. So that's all I knew about her initially. Well, now I've got dancing. pasties running through my brain. Basically, yes. <laughs> and that's how they wanted her to dance when she first started. So she had to develop into being a more classy performer. She had to fight for that, literally. Gotcha. So it starts off when she's younger. She had a very rough childhood. Like, her mom was ruthless. Her mom hired her out to families so she could help make money to support the family. Um, The first woman she was hired out to, to clean and cook, and she was god-awful. She made her sleep with the dog in the basement. She didn't hardly feed her. She would beat on her, but she did send her to school. 
That's at least so, one good thing. Yeah, but she she was she was very awful. So she um she ends up having a very terrible accident at this woman's house and has to go back home. And her mom is furious because the woman fires her. Um, Josephine basically leaves home probably at the age of like 13, 14 years old. Oh, good for her. Yeah. So her mom, her mom was just God awful. So we'll fast forward because some people do know the history of Josephine Baker. I wasn't, like I said, I only knew her from dancing in Paris. That's, basically all I knew. So I liked this book because it gave me some background on her. And she was a very promiscuous woman, but she had a reason for her behavior because she felt like she never had that unconditional love from her, her mother. Oh. So she was looking so she for was it. always searching for it. So she had to go up against the, the more famous dancers, the white dancers. When she first initially started, everybody would, told her, Oh no! You just you just do the goofy dances and make the faces. You make everybody laugh. We don't want you center stage dancing. We want you to. I don't like it. We when want they you do that. to be in this box. We don't want you to step outside this box to dance. But she took. She made up her mind that that's what she was going to do because in her mind she was made for greatness, regardless of what happened to her growing up. She was designed to be great, and she damn near, she did it. Now, while being in Paris, she also became an activist in the in World War II. Now, I don't know how much of that part of the story is true. I did do some research, so I do know she did have some play in that. And then she also um, took part in some of the civil rights activism over here in the United States because she basically denounced her citizenship over here. She married a Frenchman and became a French citizen. She never had any kids, but it says she adopted 12. That's a lot. Just because she wanted that love. Mm -hmm. So the book is told um, in vignettes of her last performance at at each piece of the vignette is when she intersperses the story of her life. My only thing that I had an issue with was it being black history told from the perspective of a white woman. So oh, I kind of yeah, almost had an issue with that at what? some point. Okay, yeah, now so, you didn't mention that yeah, before. Uh, um, Sherry Sherry Jones wrote she. I did not know she. Oh, would, yeah. Oh, I see yeah. what you're saying. The authenticity of the subject right. does tend to go a bit off. It's, it's sort of like I was talking about last week with the uh, the dude who was writing the female character. Right. You don't have all the information. It's not. You're right. It's not quite there. Yeah, but yeah. she did do her research because I went. I had to. I had to go dive deeper since I was having those feelings. I had to go back and see how much research she actually did. And she did. It does state that she actually went to um, Josephine's hometown to try to find where she lived at growing up and stuff. So she did her research. I just kind of. I don't know. I just had a feeling, but I ended up giving it four stars because I I loved the story because, like I said, I didn't know a whole lot about Josephine Baker other than she danced half naked on stage in France. But there was so much more to her as a person. She seems cool. But she was way ahead of her time. And I think that's one of the good reasons. I think that's a good thing about books is that it gives you an understanding that you wouldn't normally have. That's right. It's that fly on the wall thing I always talk about. (laughs) You get to step into the environment. To step into the shoes of an individual who's completely different from you sometimes. Yeah. That you have nothing in common with, but yet you get to look at their life in a different way. Like um, The Hate You Give, that I think was the most, the strongest book that I got that feeling from, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. is The Hate You Give. You read that? Did oh, you yeah, read that, Kayla? That because oh, it was yes. so good. It was a great book, but there was some parts of it it was like, I just don't really understand. You can't relate. Can't, yeah, you can't relate. But, but again, it's, and then I had to think, well, it's probably because, you know, it's because, I'm a white woman. That's right. It's because we, we don't, don't have know. a frame of reference. How Am I a white we? woman and I never lived in the city? Well, I A mean, lot of that, for me, it was a lot of that was in the city. And, and I didn't have an experience with... Cities. At all. Yeah. I grew right. up in the middle of freaking nowhere. Mm-hmm. So anything city related, I don't like... <laughs> Is that a stoplight? Hey, what is that? that? We had we had one stoplight in the town Parking I grew up meter, in. What? We had one stoplight. Oh my god! And I'm being dead serious now. Oh man! One stoplight. That one would kill me. One I of the towns die. I lived in, we had no stoplight, 
And we had four churches in one bar. And that was like the whole That's the right, that sounds we like had the right distribution. <laughs> we had, that's about right. We had one stoplight and three bars. <laughs> that sounds like the town I work in. It has no stoplights. <laughs> so it has a school zone light. Yeah. But that's oh, there's that. <laughs> but I just love the idea that it's okay for us to reach out and explore the lives of others. It doesn't, right. we, we still sometimes can't totally relate to their experience, but it changes us as people. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I appreciate that she wrote it, but mm-hmm. I just felt that yeah. there was some There was some still disconnect. a disconnect. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Now that we've been really super serious for a couple of minutes. <laughs> we're going to take a hard, hard, le- hard <laughs> left turn into Alyssa Land. <laughs> <laughs> hard oh, left. <laughs> Martha, you got your eye muscles ready? Are you ready? <laughs> Don't to look pass at the out. Feeling, Martha. Oh. Have you? Did you stretch before the podcast? Are you ready? <laughs> Hold on. Here we go. <sighs> Circle those eyes <laughs> around and around. Woo, woo, woo! <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> so my disclaimer for this week, and this is saying as uh, someone who read the Anne Rice Sleeping Beauty books without really knowing what I was getting into. <laughs> this is one of the filthiest <laughs> books I've ever read. <laughs> so if you're not into that, do not read it. Worse than Sleeping Beauty? Uh, we're on... Sleeping Beauty is just like one long orgy. Mm-hmm. This uh-huh. this was not that. There was actually a story in there? But it made up for it in like just pure filth and shorter periods of time. Ooh, gotcha. I like me some Whoa. filth. All right. So okay, so the book I read, I'm I love this book for so many reasons. I was telling everyone earlier, I I mean we read books we like all the time. Like right. there are even books we love, but like I'm genuinely excited about this book. I loved it so so much. Excited it because it's does dirty? that make you a filthy person? <laughs> right. I mean yeah. Oh okay, just check. <clears throat> Me too. <laughs> um, I read American Queen by Sierra Simone this week, and it is a retelling of the King Arthur story, which I love. I was obsessed with it. I had like a phase from like probably age like nine to like 14 where I was super obsessed with Arthur and Merlin and all of that. And so I was like, ooh, yay. I'm so Come excited. Out. This is my favorite thing. Um, So it's a new telling where... The idea is that the president of the United States is the stand-in for Arthur. The vice president is the stand-in for Lancelot. And the... God, that is so not what's happening in the U.S. right now. No. I can't even we can I just, can't relate. I can't. Just while I'm telling this, don't don't think about who's in charge of America right okay, now. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, because that Remember, is not Remember, this my is a right. romance novel. People are super fucking hot, okay? Uh, okay, fucking hot. Okay. Really uh, hot. Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau. Thank you! He really is King Arthur. Oh, my God. No, that's a whole separate thing. No duck lips. I might have to go change. Okay, go ahead. So, um, and then the first lady to be, whose name is Greer Galloway, she is Guinevere. So, for people who are not familiar with this story, um, one of the most popular tellings of the King Arthur story is that King Arthur and Guinevere are married, and then Lancelot is a new knight who comes in, and he and Guinevere fall in love, and they betray Arthur, and it's a whole thing. That is one of the most popular tellings. There are multiple tellings of this story for people who give a shit. I give a shit because I'm really nerdy about this, but (laughs) there are multiple tellings. Like, there are different stories. It depends on how far back you go. Like, different people have told this story in different ways. It's like like a myth, kind of. A myth. Um, myth. And so we start out, and... The story is told from Greer's perspective. And so um, we actually start out and Greer has met the character who is Merlin in this story. And he tells her um, he's kind of just she's like 12 or 13 years old. And he's just like, you know how when you're 12 or 13 and like some adults are just like. I'm a little scared of you. And you don't know why. Yeah. But you're just kind of like, creep you out for no reason. Yeah. yeah. And they don't have to do anything, but you can just look at a person and think, ew, don't touch I'm me. worried about you. <laughs> well, not even ew, but just like, I'm afraid of you. Uh-huh. And there's no reason. And so he tells her to keep her kisses to herself. And she's 12. So she's like, <laughs> whatever, bro. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> she's just kind of whatever. She's like, really? She's like, I'm still terrified of you. Mm. 
Um, and so this is a kind of a political party because her grandpa is a former vice president of the United States. Hmm. So these are people we're talking about, like politicians as kind of royalty is the idea of this story, kind of. Okay. And so um, this story is told between flashbacks of the past and the present day, which usually I hate, but it's done really well in this story. And so it starts with her meeting Ash, who is the president of the United States later in the story, um, but he is Arthur. And so they meet the first time they meet, they kiss. So are they close to the same age? Yes. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. This is like a couple years later. She's like 16 or 17. And he, yeah. Like, okay. All right. No, this is, yeah, this is later. This doesn't start when she is 12. There's a lot of like time hopping back and forth mm. in this story. Okay. Um, but so we're 15 or 16 and they meet and it's an instant connection. But then they like, they don't really see each other. And then he like joins the... I think it's the army. They don't really say. He's in the armed forces and he goes off to war. Mm. Um, they never really see each other again, but like they've both like, like they never really forget each other. They're like, this was a really impactful thing that happened mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And so we see that, but then we see this other relationship kind of emerge. And so she meets him for a second time five years later and he's come back from the war briefly and they meet again and they kiss again and you're like, yay, they're going to get together. But no, because this is the beginning of the story and that's not how anything works in this world. But so they kiss again. But as it turns out, he's engaged, which you're like, that's a shitty move. But so she leaves because she's obviously upset and she's like, this is horrible. And, you know, she flees um, and she runs into Embry, who in this story is Lancelot and will later be. The vice president of the United States. Mm, and and the so on this evening, thickens. they're both very, she's very upset. He's very upset. We don't know why. But so they end up having this wonderful fun night together and they have sex and it's great. So then we're coming up to, but then like this was also a big momentous thing. And then he acts like he really likes her, but then he's just gone. Never calls her, never talks to her again. And so she's kind of devastated because like that's twice in a night was like the dude that she fell in love with. The dude she did. Like she kind of loved <laughs> from afar is engaged. And then to find out this dude who was like kind of cool and really nice and fun and told her that she was wonderful and he really liked her. And fucked her. And fucked her. Uh, never contacted her again, which sucks. So yeah, we're just not having a great go of it. Um, but so we come to present day and this is where the story gets good and really different and I love it. And so in the present day, we turn out the the reason that Embry is so kind of upset that night five years ago, because they all kind of there's a sequence of events and it's they kind of come to together like. Basically, like Embry is sent to be like, hey, the president wants to talk to you. And like she knows why, because obviously she's like, oh, that dude I kissed is now president. President, yeah, because how would you not know that's that? That's great. And his <laughs> wife has died of cancer, which is Ew. sad. This book was kind of heart-wrenching, which is not usually my thing. But so we come to find out they meet up again and they're, you know, they immediately reconnect and it's great. But then there's this thing and she's like, but I really like Embry. And so you think you start, this is going to be a love triangle. Mm. It's going to be shitty. Mm. And it's going to suck because mm. I don't like love triangles. Some people are really into that. But the interesting thing is, the reason that Embry was so upset that night is because he's in love with Ash. See, I knew that was coming. I knew it. I knew it. And he's in love with Greer, and Embry and Ash is in love with Greer, and Embry's in love with Greer, and they all love each other. And so the thing about this story that's so cool is it turns on its head. What's the idea of a happy ending? Does it have to be heteronormative and it's only two of them? And so the triangle is split and it becomes a line. Or can three people, all three love each other and be in a relationship and coexist and be happy? That's And it was really interesting. It made me think a lot. Also, it was absolutely filthy, which is delightful. Um, <laughs> God damn, you're making me want to read this book, but Alyssa. I never do this. But so I want to read this quote because I thought it was so like it was just so impactful 
and made me think, and I never, I don't feel that way very often. Jealousy is a word with too many meanings. It's a TARDIS of words, bigger on the inside, a small mean thing on the surface, but a complicated dance of emotions and negotiations within suffering with every single meaning of the word jealous. Wow. That jealous mm. isn't just one feeling. It's a whole bunch of things swirling inside that kind of make jealousy what it is. It's sadness and anger and frustration and desperation. Oh, this this book was so good. And filthy. And filthy. <laughs> so it had depth and It had so much depth. It was depth and filth, which is like such an awesome combination. So what you're saying is this is the exact opposite of Fifty Shades of Grey? It's the exact opposite. And maybe this also is the book that people should that, read. So I didn't mention, because I just left it with filthy, but so there's like some dominance and submission happening. What See? But in a consensual good way and not in a shitty way, See, like well, Fifty Shades this, of Grey. This might actually it's be done right. the, the book that should have been it's popular. So a popular good. book. Like I just, like the whole time I was just like, where is this going? I don't know. Because the way the story ends and the myth, and a lot of versions of the myth, Lancelot doesn't even exist. Or if he does exist, he has nothing to do with the relationship between Arthur and Guinevere. Like, it mm-hmm. just depends on the popular telling. And a lot of people seize on, like, what's the romantic, tragic story, stuff mm-hmm. like that. But so, for it to turn it on its head and to make it something completely new, it's just so exciting. Oh, it was so good. I started the second one this morning. There are three in the series, so... <laughs> Well, I th- and it didn't end on a cliffhanger like it like resolved, but it's just a really interesting because like I mean, and it's kind of come into more light. But polyamory, um, I have some friends who are poly. I personally have so much anxiety inside of me that I can't manage one relationship. So multiple would be an absolute nightmare for me. <laughs> but like it's a, like for a lot of people, they can love that many people and it's not conflicting to them. And so it's it was so interesting to me. It was really great. See, I, loved I don't it. think I've ever read anything like that. And now I'm really curious and I really want to read this book. It's really good. OK, what's it called again? It's called American Queen. By Sierra Simone. I mean, Martha, I will say it is a romance novel, but it's just, it's so interesting. It was so good. I loved it. Do you think I would like it, though? I have no idea. That whole eye-rolling thing I do? I mean, you didn't roll her eyes. You didn't (laughs) roll your eyes at all today, which I don't think has ever happened when I review a romance. Fair enough. I mean, I think you, just because it's so, like, it's just a, it's a glimpse into something totally different and how... See, I'm interested because... Well, for one thing, it's also beautifully written. Like she's a very lyrical way of writing. I mean, that passage on jealousy, I was just like, wow. See, I love lyrical writing. I love it when when you hear a quote that just makes you, especially if you're listening to audio, Mm -hmm. where you have to stop the book and just let it be for a second. It's just like sort of when you're reading and you and you see a passage where the words and everything just comes together. In such a profound way that you just have to stop for a minute and let it sink in. Yeah, it. I this book was so good. I was and that was out a of the, good quote. I was blown out of the water by this book. I rarely am. I mean, romance. I mean, to be fair, a lot of it is pretty samey. We're working on it. We're working on diversity and different types of relationships, not necessarily boy girl relationships. See, romance I'd... has been super slow. It's starting to move in that direction. Um, this book does not address racial diversity in any way, which is something that Kayla and I have talked about because there are a couple of authors that are addressing that really well. We're very excited about it. <laughs> but romance I did is... roll my eyes just now. Did I know you, you did. It? It's okay. Oh, <laughs> it's okay because just Kayla and I can talk about it and you don't have to be a part okay. of it. All right. And you know what? One of these days we're going to review that author's two books back to back on the same podcast <laughs> just for have. you martha yes. just for me just for you God, i mean technically so they're awesome. marketed as women's fiction so that just means it's not as filthy <laughs> like 80 percent of the time it's just a less filthy version of one i like to read but no this book was amazing it was american queen by sarah simone and if you really want to think about your romance and what it means to be in a relationship and also you like filthy books, I highly recommend it. Like 
five and a half stars. Whoa. And we want to hear back from the audience. Yes, please. Too, because I, I want to really... talk. I want to talk to people about this book. Like, I really do. It's so interesting. Cool. Martha, what did you read this week? <clears throat> what I read wasn't really all that weird or interesting this week. Hmm. That's fine. I know. That is unusual. Yeah, usually like, hey. you've got weird covered. <laughs> well, I read a lot of weird books, but I'm choosing to review a book that's a fairly mainstream read right now. Fair. And that is because it is very popular at the moment and you get a lot of people. I've read a lot of um, interesting comments about it. Mm-hmm. Because it's book by Tana French. Ooh! The witch. <laughs> See, I knew Kayla was going to freak Kayla's out over excited. that. It's called okay. The Witch Elm. <gasps> oh, I wanted to read that. Yeah, yeah. And this is exactly why I wanted to review this book. Because yes. it is such a hot book right now. I have read everything Tana French has ever written. Ooh, that's impressive. I know. It's because she's very good. But a lot of people consider her to be overhyped. Now, I do not think she's overhyped. I really feel strongly about her style of writing, which does tend to be a little bit of a slow burn. A lot of things that Vonnie said about the book she read this week sort of apply. Mm-hmm, really. In that the beginning of the book was so long. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, it starts out and the whole first part of it is about this dude, and, and you know I don't usually do names when I'm talking about books. This is about this guy who is an art gallery person. He works for an art gallery. And so you get a lot of the information about his life and everything going on. And he's kind of a shallow guy. And the first part of the book, the guy that's in the gallery with him is always talking about this artist that he has who's supposedly has mob connections and wants to keep his identity secret. And so nobody's ever seen the guy. They don't know much about him, but he's a really hot artist at the moment. So they're planning this whole show around this guy. Well, our hero walks in on his his buddy painting one of these paintings that's supposedly done by this young street kid. Like Banksy? Sort of. Except for it's the gallery guy who's doing the painting. Mm-hmm. So y- y- you tell you can tell that the, their whole world is not. And, and instead of instead of going, OK, you got to quit doing that. Our hero opens a Twitter account for the guy and starts <laughs> to, you know, these are the kind of people they are. This so, feels very 2018. <laughs> right. Right. So so our hero goes home. One day, um, goes to bed and he wakes up in the middle of the night and he can hear somebody in his apartment. So he goes out there and there are these two guys robbing him. So he goes out to approach him and they beat him nearly to death. So I'm thinking, okay, the book is going to go this way. It doesn't. It goes really, really, really slowly. All of a sudden, it becomes this family saga with him and his family. And so for the first really big chunk of the book, you kind of find out about his childhood and his past and his family. And, you know, I'm like, <laughs> where the fuck is the body? <laughs> because, you know, Tana French is known for her mysteries, right? Mm-hmm. There's always a mystery mm-hmm. or a murder or something in there. Well, the guy didn't die. He survived, you know. And I'm like, God damn it. I'm feeling a little disappointed over here. What? Nobody died? Not yet. Disappointed. So I was really struggling to see the whole picture because, A, I couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on, why we kept going on about this. He goes home to live with his uncle in the family home where he and his cousins sort of spent summers together. Mm -hmm. So you're starting to get a background about what he was like when he was younger and... All of his relationships with this guy and because he's got a, a cousin who's who was who was who is gay. Mm-hmm. And when they were growing up was still not out of the closet. Mm-hmm. And his other cousin, his other cousin, who's a sis, uh, a girl. And they're all around the same age. So they were all very close during their formative uh, years. Especially the last year 
right be- right after they graduate. So anyway, he goes home because he's um, because he's been beat nearly to death. He can't work. And they find out that their uncle, who still lives in the family home, has got cancer and he's dying. So they're talk. They talk him into going home to care for the uncle. Mm-hmm. So one day they're having their Sunday family dinner and they find a skull in the garden. And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. There's a fucking skull. I'm in. But it took a really long time to get there. Like what percentage of the book are we talking? We're talking to the a skull? hunk of the book. Well, We're it talking, is a fairly. It's a fairly. It's big a big book, book but it, it? it really because I was listening to the audio, so it's kind of hard to judge mm-hmm. exactly how long right. it took. But for me, it felt like it was forever. And when you feel like it's dragging, it drags even more because you're like, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I was just because I know what she's capable of, right? You know, I, I I wasn't in for a family saga at all. I was in for the, the murder, you know, because mm-hmm. I was thinking that's what I was going to get. And you get a lot as you read the reviews, because after I read something, I do sometimes go back. People on Goodreads did not like it very much. For that reason. For that reason. Having said that. Tell me about the murder, Martha. After you get through all that bullshit, it was a really great book. Yeah, but sometimes the bullshit makes the and it does. Juicy details it does. better. Because it's important. It's important. <clears throat> All of that stuff is important. Sometimes you have to marinate the meat before you cook it, Martha. That's exactly what happens. There was a lot of marinating Ew. going on in this book. <laughs> and I have to say that I probably would have given it more than four stars had that been an option. That's one of my big bitches about Goodreads is that you have to give it either four or five stars. Well, it didn't deserve five stars. Because five stars would have been perfect, and it was not perfect. Mm-hmm. The best part is, is these these cousins have all grown up and moved away from one another, but very quickly you fall back into that that pattern mm-hmm. of their relationship with each other, and some of the stuff that comes out of that is just, oh my gosh, it's just brilliant. It just gives me chills thinking about it. Sorry, Kayla, she's giving me the stink eye over here. I, you have a serious hairy eyeball on you, girl. <laughs> She seriously is giving you the stink she eye. She is. And we know where her gases are coming out of right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Mistakes of the past never stay buried, friends. Ooh. Never. They never stay buried. It sounds like we read a lot of this. We read like the same book we, this week. We, we read, a, as you were giving your review, I was thinking, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But Tana French has... A gift of weaving. She at first the weaving is very loose, but the strings get tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter until finally you see the picture and you go fuck. This is my opinion, though. Hmm. I really liked the book. I thought it was really good. Having said that, that's after I finished it. As right. I was reading it, it was a little more difficult, but I think personally that it was worth the wait. But how many books have we read like that, though? A lot. Where you're almost ready to quit reading it, and you're like, no, I'll just give it a little bit longer. And then you find a bam! And then you find a skull in the garden. (laughs) Actually, the little kids find a skull in the garden, which is even better. And I'm like, yes! I'm not body. I'm not going to subject the podcast to why I'm so excited about that. I'll tell you about it later. Okay, all right. (laughs) Because it's it's a long story. Okay. So so really, I would say that um, if you are a patient individual... And if you have, if you've liked Tana French's other things, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's different, but different good. So persevere and you might be well rewarded. So it was called The Witch Elm by Tana French. Speaking of her, did you see that they're going to do her um, Dublin Murder Squad as a series? I know. I just love, 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 love the Dublin Murder Squad. I thought of you when I saw that. I hope they cast Irish people in it and not fucking American well, people trying BBC. to be Irish. Oh, okay. All right. I want right. to see if they've Good. cast it yet. And Vonnie, I have a question. Did you ever watch um, the Comer and Strike series? Did you ever get to watch Mm-mm. it? Oh, no, I didn't. Is, is it good? good? Oh, what's it on? My God. Which series? Like, okay. So what I did was I watched the, the first um, over the coo- or Cuckoo's Calling. The first season. Robert Galbraith. I watched it. J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. On my fire stick. Mm-hmm. 
And then I couldn't I couldn't find episodes for the second season, so I went ahead and subscribed. You know, you get that trial period right. for mm-hmm. Showtime, so I subscribed mm-hmm. to that and I binge watched the second season. And it's good. And it was huh? so good. Like I am in love with that man. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, that. All. Like, I wonder if it's on Hulu woo. or Netflix. Damn it! Man. Man. When they do that, they're trying to get it Amazon to buy Prime. But it's bastards. only like. I want to say six episodes. They or, do no, that it's a like lot three, in the British. Three or four episodes yeah. per. So if you do, like, if you can get the Showtime trial, you can binge it and then, you know. Mm. And then cancel it mm-hmm. before they charge you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I just want to say I'm on IMDb and it looks like they've cashed Irish people. They better because you I'm need to have Irish people like in there. BBC. You cannot fake a good Irish accent. No. You just cannot. That's exciting news, though. It's all good British stuff. Now I want to go back to England. I want to go to Ireland this time. We need to get, we need to have one of our listeners who's very, very, very rich and lives in England somewhere. Just and fly a 40, us and, over there. And, and a 46, 40, 40 to 60 year old man who's single. We need, <laughs> for Bonnie. we need a podcast sugar daddy to fly us all over to England. And we can do our podcast live. I love it. I love it. <sighs> we can dream, can't we? I can visit my relatives I've never met. Do you have relatives in England? Yeah, my Nana's English. Oh, awesome. awesome. I have, a, like, a live relatives that live there. <laughs> I was going to say all mine are dead. Like, actual, like, actual, I mean, my family didn't come over, that's how his family didn't come over to the United States till like, 1960. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. I have a friend in the military over there right now. I just recommend it. Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine to her. She oh, went yeah? Out, she went I, to Waterstones and bought it. <gasps> awesome. Waterstones. Okay, so well, you know, we are coming up. Speaking of Eleanor, Ele- Oliophant, I was looking back on my year because mm-hmm. we're getting close mm-hmm. to doing our year end stuff. And I was going, what am I going to pick for the end of the year show? I know. I need to do some research. I know. I need to go back and look. And we're getting to that. We're getting to that place where we're going to have to make some choices. So keep in mind that we are coming up to the end of the year. We will be doing a year end podcast. And that what we will be doing our uh, New Year's resolution podcast and all that stuff like we did last year, too. So keep that in mind. I am no longer accepting weird bullshit um, challenges. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, is you accepted no more the weird bullshit I challenge. I did. Like, right. that's the problem. Is it would be weird if and everyone was ragging book. on you and you didn't agree to it? And it's you agreed to it. It's still sitting underneath my coffee table and stares at me sometimes. Saying, are you going to read me now? Are you going to read me now? Are you going to read me now? <laughs> if you it's read- about knitting, Vani. It's a murder mystery with knitting. That sounds great. And llamas. Well, you know, truthfully, I'm not going to make my New Year's resolution that I made at the beginning. So you're not okay. Well, no. if, maybe so if, if I maybe if I fail out on the llama thing, I'm just going to be yeah. I'm I just, just going to be a little short. I, I just can't waste much. that much time reading something I don't want to read. It's, I read the Last Chance Llama Ranch. You got to give me credit for that one. You get credit for that one. I think if you come, Silence of the Llamas is just too far. <laughs> God. <laughs> Too far. I like that you had a llama on your Christmas sweater. Uh, that yes. was one of the reasons that I uh, I chose that. <laughs> that just really pulled yeah. it all together. Yeah, yeah that, that makes up for not reading all of the llama yeah. books. So, so that could be llama number five. <laughs> I actually own... If you read ten children's books about llamas, that counts as a novel. <laughs> but I read three. I read three That's llamas. novella. I read, I read three children's books and one novel. It was excessively long, in my opinion. I took a picture of her reading the one. Surely, book. someone's done like a novelization of the Emperor's New Groove, and you can just read. But that. it doesn't have llama in the title. It has to oh, have. It's got to have llama in the title. That's true. And the book girls are going out on the town. We are. Where are we going? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think I brought the right street clothes. I didn't wear the right shoes. They're not broken in yet. I was going to say, what the fuck? Do we care? We're going to go find a place to eat, drink, and be Mary. Amen. I always wanted to change my name to Mary. <laughs> hey, I'm Mary. <laughs> 
M-E-R-R-Y. I bet you wouldn't after all the jokes. Yeah, you're probably right. Though, to be fair, I do like the name Mary. Part of it is because in the Lord of the Rings movies. I know. She's really hot. Mary is hot. <laughs> and what a singing voice. Wait, oh no, that's Pippin that has the good singing he voice. He also has a gorgeous... He's not bad to look at either. Who, Pippin or Mary? See, Both. I, Pippin. I, I thought Pippin was cuter than Mary. I thought yeah, Mary Pippin's was hotter. Cuter. But Pippin. I like Sam. But Pippin's singing like voice Sam really up, up and over him. It really did. It really did. <laughs> um, I was like, ooh, that's pretty. They're singing in Lord of the Rings movies. What? <laughs> I mean, Kayla. Kayla. I read The Hobbit. <laughs> oh, we got some serious... Problems over here. Kayla, but, I've seen the Lord of the Rings movies so many times. I'm turning that them, shit like, on memorized. tonight. Kayla's going to stay at my, oh my house. God. She's getting that tonight. In the Hobbit movies, Richard Armitage sings, and he's got a beautiful, deep voice that does things to me. Ooh, it does <laughs> things to her. Speaking of does Why are you things- shaking your head at me? <laughs> K- Kayla's, got an- Kayla's been rolling her eyes back in her head again. I think she's channeling me. <laughs> channeling your Kayla. You go, girl. <laughs> Look, the Hobbit movies so, are a bit of a mess. You've got to get something out of them. Yeah, that's true. So, Never watched those either. So we're going to go find ourselves a restaurant which serves booze. Yep. And Alyssa's going to read passages from the filthy book she read. I am? Yeah. Uh-huh. For that. Wouldn't that be fun? Here for it. Oh, my gosh. I would love that. <laughs> Let's go get kicked out of a restaurant! <laughs> Woo! And I think that's going to do it for Three, three Book Girls. Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.